You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. Jesus died. But three days later, he was alive. He appeared to crowds upward of 500 people at a time. He appeared to enemies, to friends, to family. He appeared over the course of 40 days, multiple locations. People ate with him. People conversed with him. He was very much alive. All of this is the bedrock of the Christian faith. At the center of Christianity, it's not a place. It's not a wailing wall. It's not a temple. It's not a mosque. It's not even an empty tomb. At the center of Christianity is a man who walked away from his tomb into his own triumphal victory. Let's hear today's news from Luke's gospel, the 24th chapter. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. This is what he said to them. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. They did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. You see, without the resurrection of Jesus, Christianity does not exist. As the Apostle Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. And that's the difference Easter makes so that you don't have to still be in your sins. You see, Christianity is not a philosophical system. It is a historical truth. It's not based on a place. It's based on a person. It's not about an ideology. It's about an event. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So let me explain this. First of all, what resurrection is not. Number one, it is not revivification, which is what happens when somebody dies, they come back to life, and then they die again. That's what happened to Lazarus. He died. Jesus went to visit him and called him forth. Lazarus, come out. Lazarus comes out. The King James Version says he stinketh. 
yeah, he was very dead. He lived for a while later, then died again. That's not what happened to Jesus. Number two, resurrection is not reincarnation, where it's this supposed event where you die and your soul migrates to another state of being, and you have these endless cycles of karmic regress or progress. At some point, you just kind of stop being and you're one with the divine. That's not even a thing. Number three, it's not annihilation, where when you die, you just cease to exist as if nothing else is there, nothing else awaits you. And number four, resurrection is not universalism, where everyone who dies goes to be with God. Only those who are in Christ. We died in Christ, we rise in Christ, we rise through Christ, we rise for Christ, and if you're not in Christ, there is no resurrection to eternal life. So the resurrection of Jesus is vitally important. Why do we believe in it? I want to now give you several evidences for Jesus' resurrection. I want you to believe this deep down in your heart. That this isn't just fact. It's not just an archaeological dig. This isn't some interesting anecdote. This is everything. The resurrection of Jesus is everything. And I want you for all of your life to believe with your whole heart and soul and mind and strength and to serve this cause with everything you've got. I'll give you some reasons why I want you. And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, there is no better day than to make that happen today. And I'm going to give you some circumstantial reasons for that. First of all, we start with cause and effect that anything that happens has a cause. So as you look back at the changes that come as a result of the resurrection of Jesus, the burden of proof is on those who say that he's still dead. How could you explain the changes that I'm about to share with you momentarily apart from the resurrection of Jesus? I would say the burden of proof is on the critics, not on the believers. First, we read in Luke's account that the women were the first to the empty tomb. Now, if the resurrection of Jesus were a fabricated tale and it were told that the women were the first to the empty tomb and they were the ones that received the message about Jesus to go and tell others, you can rest assured that it is, in fact, accurate, that it's not a lie, it's not a myth. Why? Because the women could not even testify in court. So if you're going to make up a lie about a resurrected man, well, you better have men be the liars because they can testify in court. This shares that the Bible is absolutely true because if you were to tell a lie about this event, you would not tell it this way. Some additional circumstantial evidence. Before Jesus' resurrection, the disciples were cowards. When we find them in the book of Acts, there are about 120 followers of Jesus that are hiding, terrified. And Jesus seemingly walks through the wall, resurrected and alive, and all of a sudden, seeing Jesus alive, they didn't fear death anymore. 
You see, previously, men like Peter, they were total cowards. Jesus is about to be crucified. A young woman comes up to him. Aren't you with Jesus? (laughs) No, never met him. I don't know who you're talking about. He even cursed. I have no idea who this man is. After the resurrection, history records when it was time for Peter's death. He was crucified upside down. Here's how it happened. They went to him and said, hey, we're going to crucify you. He said, well, then do it upside down because I'm not worthy to die in the manner that my Lord did. How do you explain going from a coward to being crucified upside down without an issue outside of the resurrection of Jesus? Peter's like, hey, I I know what's going to happen. I know what you're going to do to me. You're going to kill me. That's okay. What you're going to do is send me to Jesus. Why did Christians start preaching and teaching and suffering? Why did they serve wholeheartedly under the reign of terrible emperors? Why did they suffer under Nero? Why did they not fear death? Why did Christianity not end with Christians being fed to lions and being covered with pitch and resin and used as party torches for Nero? Because Jesus was alive. And they no longer feared that this would be final. You see, it changes everything. Number three, the followers remain loyal to Jesus. If Jesus had only died, then a few billion people would not be worshiping him today. Remember, two other men were crucified alongside of him. There are not people arriving in the Holy Land, hundreds of thousands per year, trying to figure out anything about their lives. We know nothing about these two men. We don't even know their names. Why? They died. Jesus rose. That made him distinct and unique. And people remained loyal to Jesus. Have you seen this? Yeah, you follow a, a politician. Maybe you're, you're helping that, that man or woman run for office. And if they lose the election, then what happens with the T-shirts and the bumper stickers? And you're like, you know, I, man, I had hope for something different. And usually you either lose that hope altogether or you go find another savior, deliverer, messiah. After Jesus died, his followers didn't go to another rabbi. They didn't go to another religion. They remained loyal to Jesus and they became fearless and they spread and they scattered and they preached and they healed and they taught and they cast out demons and they walked with resurrection power of Jesus by the enabling of the Holy Spirit. And they went from 120 followers to 3,000 in one day. And then it spread to the Gentiles, to the other nations of the earth. How in the world do we account for this 2,000-year legacy to a dead man? There's no explanation for the birth of Christianity apart from Jesus. If Jesus is dead, then the disciples scatter. The early followers mourn and everything comes to an end. It doesn't continue for a few thousand years, causing Jesus to be the most famous person in the history of the world. 
more songs sung about him, more paintings painted of him, more books written regarding him than anybody who has ever lived in the history of the world. Additionally, number four, worship changed. They stopped worshiping on Saturday, the Jewish Sabbath, and these people were devoutly devoted to the Sabbath. You see it on Friday, sundown, they close their shops, people go home, they would not cause any work to be done. They are devoted to the Sabbath. All of a sudden, the early Christians stopped worshiping on Saturday and they started worshiping on Sunday because Jesus' resurrection happened on that first day of the week. And a new era had dawned. (laughs) Number five, another reason why we should believe in the resurrection, Jesus' family worshiped him as God. Now, how many of you, if you decided to start a religion, you'd say, okay, who's with me? Mom? (laughs) How many of you moms would not worship? You're like, hey, I'm sinless. Your mom's like, sinless? I got carpal tunnel rearing out your butt. (laughs) How many of you, if you're going to start a religion, you think, I need people to worship me as God. I know, I'll get my brother's. How many of you would not worship your brother as God? You're like, no, he gave me wedgies. He may be Satan. He's not God, that's for sure. Jesus' brothers, they knew him best. Look, if you're going to share a room with a guy that you're going to (laughs) worship, that's pretty good evidence for me. During his life, Jesus' brothers didn't think he was God. They thought he was a lunatic. After his resurrection, they worshiped him as God. His mother, Mary, is in that opening chapter of the book of Acts with the early Christians worshiping Jesus. Jesus' two brothers, James and Jude, they go on to be witnesses of Jesus. They go on to be pastors of churches. They go on to write books of the Bible that bear their name. I'll give you a couple more. Number six, Jesus' enemies worshiped him. Saul of Tarsus hated Christians. He murdered them. We first meet him overseeing the execution of the early church deacon Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Jesus comes down, reveals himself, and Saul becomes Paul, one of the greatest proclaimers of Jesus' resurrection, and he dies without ever repenting or recanting. There is no way you explain Paul transitioning from a devout opponent to one who would go through all that he went through, all the beatings and stonings and imprisonment and shipwreck, you name it, as a believer. And turn into a devoted worshiper of Jesus. And number seven, no body was ever produced. The first explanation by the Jewish authorities was that the body was stolen. That's why Jesus wasn't in the tomb. That's why the tomb was empty. Well, great. Where is the body? I'm sure a hefty reward would have been offered. And you're looking at a sealed tomb, remember? When you consider a large stone rolled across its entrance, a Roman sealed place upon it, and guards 
standing out front of it, who's going to steal from this tomb? Why is there no record of it being taken? Where in the world did the body go? (laughs) And even if the body were stolen, why is he alive? Oh, they stole the body. Hmm. Yeah, well, how come he's walking around eating fish and preaching for 40 days? You still got to explain that. Just that his body was stolen, that doesn't explain anything. Ultimately, the answer is the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Death is conquered. Sin is conquered. Satan is conquered. The wrath of God is lifted. Jesus is alive. And this changes Christianity from every other religion on the face of the earth. There are four major religions. Three of them are distinct from others. Uh, But the fourth one, Christianity, is most unique. Those four religions that I'm referring to are religions that have a, a founder, rather than just a philosophy. So somebody who's a leader, not just a set of of rules and, and regulations like Hinduism. And you know what happens? Each of those religions has a sacred place where the founder is buried and the people make pilgrimage and they go there and they weep and they mourn. Why? Because they're remembering the death of someone they consider to be a great man who had some promising teachings but no power, who spoke hope, but offered no life. So to this day, the Jews follow Abraham because they know he is buried in Hebron. And they make a pilgrimage there to worship and remember their dead leader. Same with Buddhism. They know that Buddha is buried in India and his followers to this day, they journey there and they regularly mourn and weep and they wish that Buddha was alive and he's not. Those who follow Islam know that Muhammad is buried in Medina. They go there every year to that sacred site and they mourn and they weep and they remember him and they wish he were alive. He is dead too. Do you know who's in Abraham's tomb? Abraham, this isn't a trick question. (laughs) You know who's in Buddha's tomb? You know who's in Muhammad's tomb? Do you know who's in Jesus' tomb? Good job. Nobody. Nobody is in Jesus' tomb. (laughs) Dear friends, we are not Jews. We're not Muslims. We're not Buddhists. We're Christians. We follow a man who is alive. His name is Jesus. He's God become a man to live a life that we have not lived, to die the death on the cross that we should have died because of our sins, to give us the gift of eternal life and salvation that we could never earn. He is Lord, God, King, Savior. He is living right now ruling and reigning from a throne right now, preparing a new Jerusalem right now, willing to forgive all sinners and sins right now, willing to give the gift of eternal life right now and preparing for us a resurrection day of our own where we will see him face to face. 
Until then, remain in him. Abide in him. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.